0: Welcome back everybody to the Bell News Podcast. This is actually a special edition of the Bell News Podcast. I'm Kaylee Fretz, uh, Senior Editor here at Bell News and I'm sitting, sitting across the table from Nick Hartman, uh, who is a friend of mine and also was my fixer last weekend at the Little 500 Bicycle Race in Bloomington, Indiana. Hello, Nick. Hello, Kaylee. How are you? I'm doing quite well. And Nick, I know, has, uh, you were a, you were a radio personality I was. when you were back uh, back in college. So Nick's going to be excellent on this podcast. I'm sure. going to try. So as I said, this is a special edition of the Bell News Podcast focused on the Little 500 in Bloomington, Indiana. We are not coming to you from Bloomington as I had originally planned. Uh, mostly because poor Nick over here had no voice when we flew home yesterday. You can still kind of hear that now. Uh, But much of this podcast will consist of audio that I recorded over the weekend with coaches, athletes, and fans. Uh, I wanted to give you a slice of the vibe, if possible. Perhaps you've seen the movie Breaking Away. If you haven't, go watch it. This whole thing will make a whole lot more sense if you just do that first. It's a movie that brought this little bike race on single speeds into popular culture. It's also a movie that remains, I think, cycling's best ever. But The Little 500 is more than just cutters versus frat bros as portrayed in Breaking Away. Last weekend, I embedded myself with a team called the Black Key Bulls, of which Nick here is an alumni. I literally slept in what is effectively their team house, uh, which is called Club Wiener because it was named by college boys. And I spent the weekend with both the team and its quickly growing alumni network, many of whom have moved away but make their way back to Bloomington for this one weekend in April, drawn each year by the pull of Little Five. It's that pull that I was interested in. This is a race I've heard a lot about but was always told it needed to be experienced to be understood. So that's what we did. Uh, There's a story about my day with BKB, the Black Key Bulls, on Velenews.com now. And there will be another story in the magazine about the whole weekend in the next issue. But first... The basics for those of you who have not seen breaking away and again i would just go see it just pause right now go see it little 500 is raced on single speed bikes with a coaster brake around a 400 meter or 440 yard cinder track on the indiana university campus in bloomington indiana there's a women's race on friday that's 100 laps long and a men's race on saturday that's 200 laps long 33 teams compete they gain entry via qualification process early in the spring Each team has four riders and two bikes, and that's what makes this particularly interesting. Only one rider is in the race at a time. They do these crazy exchanges where a rider in the race flies off the front of the field, which is called a burn, comes into the pit at full speed, you know, 23, 24, 25 miles an hour, slams on the coaster brake, and chucks the bike at the next rider. Or the other way to do it. Uh, this all depends on the seat height and things like that. If the next rider is going to be on their own bike, they basically have to sort of tag the next person in regardless. The gear is tiny, which limits top speed and makes the race exceptionally tactical. The racing stints get shorter and shorter and shorter as the race goes on and legs get tired until finally they're down to just three to six laps by the end. The winner is the first team across the line. Simple. Those are the basics, but we have Nick here who raced the thing twice and was on the podium both times. Uh, Nick grew up in Indiana and started bike racing as a little fiver. So let's, let's throw to you, Nick. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you found this
1: race. Totally. So, um, like Kaylee said, I'm from the Northern part of the state, a small town called Valparaiso just outside Chicago. Um, so when you grow up in Indiana, you follow Indiana university. Usually you come into it through basketball, um, but it's just kind of the state's flagship school, so you you get to know a lot about it. Um, and usually the first time you really hear about Little Five as an Indiana kid is, one, that there's some type of bike race in southern Indiana that's modeled after the Indianapolis 500, and, two, that a lot of college kids get arrested that same weekend. <laughs> so, um, But it's kind of a, a little bit of a mystery to even some of the state, unless you're really involved with the college, and then... Um, so I really found out about the race in earnest when uh, I was running cross country in high school. And there was a girl from my hometown who was racing it in college. And I knew her, so I followed it. And uh, I decided to go to uh, IU pretty much for that reason, to race the race. I went down on a campus visit. And instead of seeing, you know, classrooms in the union, I went to the track. And I saw a little five bike, and I rode a little five bike to find out what that was all about Uh, and knew I wanted to do that. So went to school, um, actually kind of serendipitously hooked up with uh, the guy who sold me my bike lock for my commuter bike, was an alumni of the Black Key Bulls, his name's Renjay Shea, and he told me about the team. And then I went out, uh, first ever ride with them, did a 50 miler, got dropped at mile 15. (laughs) And for some reason they kept me around and then that came probably the, the main Uh, experience of my college career.
0: So Nick, explain to myself and our listeners who can race Little Five.
1: Yeah, so um, I think the movie Breaking Away kind of changes the perception of the actual rules of the race. Um, So to race in the actual Little 500, you do have to be an undergraduate student, a full-time undergraduate student with at least 12 credit hours, and you have to have a a 2.0 GPA. So so you have to fulfill those requirements. And then on top of that, um, it is mostly contested uh, between lots of fraternities and lots of sororities, uh, given their presence on campus. it's a, Greek life is a massive thing in Indiana. Um, secondly, you're going to have a lot of residence halls teams where kids maybe meet um, in dorms and then they decide to do it and they go about it that way. And then third, the team I'm from, uh, we're kind of a, a one-off um, independent team. So we're just kind of kids who have found each other to race together kind of exclusively through the race. Uh, sometimes independent teams come in the form of clubs. It was a really pretty successful team in the early 2000s, uh, formed from the IU climbing team. So <laughs> they kind of come from all over, but the the big independent teams that come to really stick around my team, cutters, um, there was actually a team in the early nineties called, um, Chinzano. So basically go against the cutters, like in breaking away uh, <laughs> I like little, that. a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. We're really, <clears throat> we're really little five groups first. I mean, that's what we do on campus. We maybe spread out to do a, a couple other different things, but we stick to cycling exclusively. So,
0: and I did notice that a lot of the riders are not maybe traditional cyclists. Yes. Uh, I mean, it, you know, you weren't really a bike racer before you started doing this. No, no. Uh, we were chatting with a whole bunch of uh, the guys that were riding for the Black Key Bulls this year. And some of them uh, said they're going to race over the summer. And others, to sounds like they're basically just really good runners or come from others, some other background. Uh, and this is really the only time they're ever going to be racing a bike. And a lot of your alumni are exactly the same way. I mean... There was an alumni ride on was it Friday morning, and a couple guys showed up in in you know in running shoes and <laughs> and clearly had no intention of riding a bike uh, and had not maybe ridden a bike since they since the end of their little five career. So little five somehow pulls in these people uh, who are not sort of traditional bike race people. I mean you know collegiate cycling generally pulls in people who will already race. Um, What is it about Little 5 that that is able to pull in people like yourself, do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, and that's a a good point. So my first ever um, bike race was on the Little 5 track, on a Little 5 bike. I didn't ride a bike at all until I got to school to train for Little 500. Um, I was a runner in high school, as are many, many people. I think, honestly, the number one recruiter of kids is you have all of these guys who are really good athletes who maybe did – Um, Indiana as a high school state has a really, really strong cross country and track program. So you have all of these runners who are looking to stay competitive in college, but are just kind of tired and burned out on running. And the little 500 is such a massive, um, such a massive experience on campus that kids who are already just generally fit people decide, you know, I can get on a bike and do this. And I think the little five bike, the inner workings of it really add to the accessibility of it. You don't need a ten thousand dollar carbon bike and a full Rafa kit to go and do well at Little Five. Like like Kaylee said, not only can you just ride a two hundred and fifty dollars Schwinn with running shoes, you have to. So I think and and there are a lot of people definitely become more cyclists on their way out of Little Five than they were on their way in. Um, you know, I and a few other guys, we still race competitively. Um, but other guys, like, like Kaylee said, they go, they never raced before college. They raced just little five in college. And after college, they went back to doing whatever they were doing.
0: Even some guys who are very, very, very good at little five. I mean, it's a pretty specific event. So, uh, to step back once again, so, uh, you know, four riders per team, two bikes that everyone has to use, uh, the. the The stints on the track, because there's one rider on the track at any given point in time, uh, range from the upper limit of, what, probably 20 laps or so down to, what, three to five? Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, that's probably right. Our team, so we we were gifted with four incredibly talented riders, so we could space out laps pretty evenly. But you'll have some teams where they'll have four guys where one of them's good, one of them's okay, and the other two are just there in case one of them crashes out and gets carried off the field. So <laughs> you'll have some races uh, where teams win, and one of the guys, he'll do 80, 90 laps, and everyone else will just pick up the slack.
0: And it, it sort of it, it lends itself to a certain, I guess, type of rider, pretty similar to a track rider. Uh, I mean, this past weekend... Uh, one of the four guys on your team was Xavier Martinez. The Bull moniker, I think, fits him quite well. The dude's yes. pretty stocky, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I, as far as I heard, was sort of a you know four minute miler type of high school runner, uh, and has that that huge, huge, huge engine. But just looking at him, probably not going to be all that successful in in general road racing. Uh, so Little Five attracts that type of athlete more so than than the skinny little bike racer kind of type true definitely so let's talk about the actual races this definitely. past weekend sure uh we so on friday was the women's race uh which, which actually uh that was my first ever little five experience and i found it almost a little bit overwhelming uh, as i said at the beginning as many people do <laughs> i said it i said it at the beginning of the program but and i've been to a lot of bike races i've been to a lot of bike race finishes uh i have never been to a bike race as loud as the women's version of the little 500 which i found uh, I found very surprising in a very good way. Um, you know, just the fact that you have all these massive sorority houses out there cheering for their girls as loud as they possibly can for an hour and a half.
1: Um, yeah. So I think that's the, that's, that's my personal favorite part of little five is how, uh, how many people come out and get, really rowdy, but not necessarily not necessarily in the way of being rowdy, just because they're all talking and having a good time. They are, I mean, everyone there for one day a year is legitimately interested in the bike race. And especially for these sorority and fraternity teams, especially for the sorority teams, you know, you'll have a hundred sorority girls all chanting the same chant. Especially when you're in that pit, and when you, you know, multiply those 100 sort of girls from one house times 20 around the entire track, um, it makes for a really incredible atmosphere. That you feel like it honestly feels like a college football game at times, except instead of two teams, there are 33 of them,
0: and it, you have on the field a sport that is not necessarily at the top of the list for most schools. You know, college football we expect to be rowdy, we expect huge fan bases. As a cyclist, it's pretty cool to walk into an arena where, you know, the four girls who are bike racers are for that day in particular, and maybe maybe in the, in the weeks prior and and just after are you know they are the best thing that that sorority has going and and the entire. Uh, the entire group is incredibly proud of those, of those four bike racers. I mean, some of the chants that we were hearing is just, you know, we love our riders. That's not something that you generally hear from, from sorority types. At least I didn't in my particular school, not a whole lot of sorority girls yelling. We love riders as we would cruise past. (laughs) So anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about what happened in the race on Friday. So Uh, Honestly, things happen so fast, I had some trouble kind of keeping track. Why don't you run us through just the basics, you know, a a little bit of the results and and how that team got there.
1: Yeah, totally. So um, the women's race on Friday was probably, and I've seen pretty much every single race, um, you know, the last four or five in person and the last 20 years, uh, you know, watching race tape. And this women's race was the most exciting women's race I've ever seen, hands down. So basically what happened is the first 50-odd laps uh, were actually relatively quiet for the women's race. It's only 100 laps long, and uh, you know a lot of those girls are really, really well-trained, so that's really nothing for them. Um, so it was kind of quiet, and then uh, Theta, the team that eventually won around the late 60s, uh, went and just put in a really big effort and uh, made themselves a huge gap. Probably got about 150 to 200 yards up on the field uh, and really held it for the rest of the day. There was uh, a lot of teams. How it kind of how they broke up is they caused so much chaos that you know there were there were all, way out front alone, but everyone else was kind of alone too, either in groups of two or three or maybe uh, you know alone themselves, and no one could really. Uh, worked together that well because uh, everyone's exchanges were so off schedule that no one could really figure out a really good counterattack. So they stayed away until probably 85 or 90. And then teams, they started to tire a little bit and teams started to close. But again, everyone just got off schedule and Theta put on, uh, who was easily the best rider in the field, Grace Bennett. Um, And although another team, uh, Alpha Omicron Pi, had caught, once Grace got on the bike, she absolutely blew them away and won a very easy solo victory. Was
0: that? I mean, that exchange was in the was on the last lap or the penultimate lap. Was, I think it was
1: really, it was scary really late. late. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of those where if it wouldn't have worked, they would have been questioning themselves probably with the rest of time why they decided to do that.
0: Right. And so you you said something just a second ago. Uh, the gap that they you described a, a gap of 250 meters as a massive gap. Right. Uh, <laughs> we, should, we, we should step back for a second and explain why that is the case. I mean, so these bikes are single speeds. You're on a dead flat track. There is sort of a you're essentially governed. Your speed governed by that gear, uh, and and so that that gap really is. It's a massive gap. I mean, that's one of the biggest gaps that we saw all weekend.
1: Yeah. So the speaking to the gear. Um, for bike you know, racing track nerds out there. It's a forty six eighteen, 18 uh, 69 gear inches. So it's incredibly small um, for the men and the women. It's just you can't, if you put in an effort, it's almost laughable because you get up to spin up and standing up on the bike is almost even slower than just sitting down and spinning it out. So when you even get a gap of a couple seconds, that's a really big deal because of how hard it is to close. Uh, and just spinning that fast for any longer than a minute or so is really, really tiring. So you'll get those gaps. And even though, you know, if you look at it on paper, it's only a 250 yard gap, but in the race, if you have 15 seconds, you're, you're clear away.
0: Right. And you need Essentially, you need a big enough gap to stay away. You need a big enough gap, uh, that an exchange does not bring you back into the Peloton. I mean, we saw lots and lots of those, um, often they're just, Intentional for the purpose of exchanging you you as you explained to me. They're called burns essentially a rider kind of escapes off the front uh, Gets, you know 30 40 meters and that's enough that when they pass the bike off to the next rider that the next rider can slot into the peloton a little Right bit easier. exactly
1: and that, and that's getting those big gaps um, it, it is really an essential race strategy for because when you do exchange it, it takes You know, again, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it probably takes about five seconds of otherwise, you know, riding on the front. So that gap that you got that was 150 meters that looked really big to a standard observer is really nothing because after you exchange your either towards the front of the pack if you get a really good one, but even a pretty good burn still puts you at the back of the pack. A lot of the strategy in Little 500 comes from those burns. You know, well, maybe I'm going to follow this rider out so I can follow her burn, and she's going to exchange and I'm just going to keep going.
0: Burn uh, plus one, Burn plus one,
1: yeah. <laughs> Usually that ends with you just exchanging on the next lap, and then both your guys' gaps are kind of blown up. Um, but sometimes, you know, that's how the race winning move happened in the girls' and the guys' race. So hmm. they're important.
0: Well, I was, uh, I was on the ground on Friday with a recorder. Uh, let's, let's just listen in to some of the, some of the vibe, some of the scene uh, from the ground in Bloomington on Friday from that women's race. First, we're going to hear from Charlie Hammond, who raced with BKB on Saturday, followed by race winner Evelyn Malcolm, uh, Megan Hubrex, who rode to fourth, and then another Theta, Rachel Brown. Last up is Ryan Knapp, who coached both Theta and BKB to victories over the weekend. Let's listen in. 414. They've just lit the smoke bomb. What, what's the smoke bomb, Charlie?
2: Yeah, so we have three parachuters that are going to come into the stadium, and the final one's going to have an American flag attached to them. So uh, we'll sing the national anthem, and it'll come down with the American flag and enter the stadium, and it's really cool. So, skydivers. I I really think more bike races need skydivers. (laughs) Absolutely, dude. This is like the pageantry of Little 500 is almost better than the
3: race.
0: (laughs) All right, explain
2: jersey colors to me. So the top 10 teams are normally in the solid color jerseys, which are means uh, basically the better teams who qualified. But the green jersey is the pole sitter, which is the team that wins quals. And the white jersey is the Spring Series champions. Spring Series is a series of three events. There's individual time trials, missing out, and um, team pursuit. So the team that wins those three in aggregate wears the white jersey on race day, and it kind of symbolizes the strongest and deepest team. The yellow jersey <laughs> is, is the defending champions, but both in the men's and women's race, there will not be a yellow jersey. On the women's side, the team was all seniors and it was an independent team, and they just folded. On the men's side, it was Delta Tau Delta, but they got Kicked off campus, Um, so now they're an independent team, but they're not allowed to wear yellow. Uh, Controversy, a little bit of controversy.
0: (laughs) You start off, just introduce yourself and tell us what you just did.
4: My name is Evelyn Malcolm, I ride for Kappa Alpha Theta, and we just won the 2017 Little 500.
0: Congratulations.
4: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> We're about what, 10-15 minutes after the I'm, finish line?
4: I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm so happy. It's the best thing in the world and to get to get it, to have it twice is unreal. I can't believe how lucky I am to have the best team that just pulled that off. It was amazing. I feel so good.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen support for any for anything at a bike race like this. I've le- literally never seen fans like this at a bike race. <laughs> ever what is it that makes what is, what is they're that makes little 500
4: they love it and it's not just on race day these girls are there every day they are just as loud every single time they're amazing and it's i mean they are so supportive when you want to quit she'll call you and tell you not to so um i mean they've always got our backs it's under it's unreal can you
0: introduce yourself real quick
4: yeah sure i'm megan Hubricks. um i write for ski i'm a senior so i'm graduating in two weeks No regrets. Second. How did it feel while
0: you were riding the last couple of laps? Walk me through they the last like three to four.
4: Well, we were like kind of off the front, trying to well off the front of the chase group, trying to catch Data. Um, it was just kind of like pain-faced, just go as hard as I could. I didn't know it was going to be my last set. I didn't know if I was going to have to go back in, but when I got off the bike and realized that I was done, I was like, man, I'm glad I did everything I could. So.
0: I guess that's kind of a unique aspect of this race is you, you, you never really know when you're going to be jumping back in and what you're going to have to do when you get back in.
4: Yeah.
0: What, what are you thinking about when you're sitting on the trainer in between sets?
4: All I'm thinking about is the rider from our team that's on the bike and sometimes when they start to accelerate I'm like spinning away in a very, very low gear and all of a sudden I'm at like 120 cadence. So I'm just like, I'm feeling what they're feeling out there and I'm just starting to think like, okay, if I have to go in right now, what am I going to do? And where is everyone? it goes by so fast. Hi, I'm Rachel Brown and we just won the Little 500 30th Rounding 2017. How do you feel about that? I am hit by waves of like realization that it actually happened. But I'm still not 100% there yet. So yeah, really just us, and really grateful.
0: When do you think it'll finally sink in?
4: Um, I think in the shower later when I'm having a beer.
0: (laughs) Beer shower, I like that. That seems to fit in with the the theme of the entire weekend,
4: actually. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long sober season, so I'm looking forward to being able to celebrate. Well done. bike racing, huh? How does it feel?
5: Oh, man, that was uh, down to the wire, huh? As you can tell, my little horse. That was insane. It's so hard to win this race solo because of the restricted gear. It, I mean, you really just have to keep your foot on the gas um, and just know that it's hurting everybody else as much as it's hurting you. Um, but yeah, it is really hard to win this race solo. Was that
0: move planned?
5: Um, we honestly, we weren't, it kind of threw a wrench into the process when that other team came up to us in the last five laps. Um, But that's what you tell the girls. If you stick your neck out and ride hard like that, everybody else has to ride hard to cover it. So it's not like they came up to us and were fresh. They were destroyed when they got there. And so we were able to basically just ride right around them at the end. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we we weren't really planning on hitting it so early. We we hit it about lap 60, which is, I know it's only a 100-lap race, but um, as you can see, each one of these 3 four lap sets takes a lot out of you. So, it's a lot to ask the girls to go out there and do 3 minute max efforts with 3 minute recovery, you know. So, it's um
0: it's a big ask and they were they were superstars, man. It was unbelievable. So, the men's race all the same uh interesting pre-start rituals oh, yeah. uh an a cappella group singing uh which I thought was I actually really really liked that part, uh, the balloons getting sent off, the skydivers coming down, uh, all <laughs> not things. It you really generally is a see. lot. Like, a I, lot. Don't, I don't
1: really think about it, but when you when you say all the things, the laundry list of it, yeah, the it takes like half an hour. It takes yeah, at least it takes a long time. <laughs> Especially as a rider, you just I didn't when I was riding, I didn't even start my warm up until they started. The pre-race stuff, because it took so long. So you would have to be at the track, and everyone would be excited and ready to go, and you would be sitting on the bike twiddling your thumbs until they got at least halfway through all that stuff.
0: I think it's kind of fun, though. You don't usually get that kind of thing at a collegiate, oh, it's great. A collegiate bicycle race. That,
1: that's the best part. Yeah. And if you asked pretty much every single alumni outside of you know the actual race, even including the actual race, their favorite part is um, the acapella group, Straight No Chaser, um, singing back home again in Indiana, just like they do at the Indianapolis 500. That's uh, very emotional, especially for alumni.
3: When I dream about the the Wabash, then I long for my Indiana home.
0: So men's race is 200 laps, twice the distance. Yes. Uh, you're all lined up in the order you qualified a couple weeks prior. Yes. Uh, first lap, I think first lap was uneventful. It might have been the second lap. Crash. Uh, nice big crash. Big old crash, yeah, <laughs> right, bad. <laughs> right at the beginning. Um, and that kind of, I, I think that kind of set the scene for the first half of the race. There was a, a brief yellow flag there, uh, if I remember correctly, which meant that all the riders had to stay the same distance away from the, the lead rider. Um, and those first sort of a hundred, 150 almost laps were, you know, the really bad teams, uh, <laughs> they got sort of knocked off the back and, and I don't say that to, to disparage anybody, but, um, there's just no way beating, of beating around the bush here. Uh, there was a team that got lapped 98 times in a 200 lap race. So outside the top, maybe 15 or so, uh, the, the dedication to the little five, maybe, maybe falls off. A, a bit dramatically. Definitely. Um, anyway, we get about 150-ish laps into the race and, and things really start start heating up. Uh, who were the main contenders at that point and, and what were we looking at?
1: Yeah, so um, it, it's kind of funny. The guys' race, it's 100 laps longer, but it really pretty much happens the exact same as the girls' race because you have the first 50 laps, which are always really good, really eventful, a lot of people getting out their nerves. From 50 to 150, you could go home and come back And then from 50 on, you have, or from 150 on, you have a really good, exciting race. So about 150, uh, the field, the lead lap field was still pretty big, 11 or 14 teams. Um, So you had Sigma Phi Epsilon, uh, the Cutters, BKB, 3PH, Grey Goat, um, and Beta Theta Pi were probably the main contenders that I really think of, um, really, you know, really racing each other. So... Again, it was almost, it almost happened the exact same way as the women's race, probably by design, because the men's and women's um, winners were both coached by the same person, Ryan Knapp. Um, so, Which we
0: think is the first time ever that's, that's happened. Definitely yeah. the first time ever it's yeah. happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just no one wants to say it, but it, it's got to be true. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that happens. And then around one, uh, probably 160 the 165, Sigma Phi Epsilon got uh, a pretty, Big gap on the field of about nine seconds, and again, it's funny when I put it in a real bike racing terms, that sounds like nothing. But uh, in the race, it, it was pretty big. But all of the main teams were together, so no one was really too concerned about it because you can you could work together so quickly and bring that back. It, it wasn't a huge deal. So a lot of teams decided it got a little too far away. Uh, the pace picked up a lot. That definitely shed some teams. We were probably down the you know really seven or eight uh, legitimate contenders. And then 171, um, Blackie Bulls exchanged with a, a decent uh, burn, not a great burn, and the exchange was just okay. Uh, Xavier Martinez, uh, probably the top rider in the men's field, got on the bike and there was immediately a crash. And honestly, he ended up probably being saved from really bearing the brunt of that crash because he was a little bit behind the pack. So he swung around before it went yellow, uh, a classic veteran move so you don't lose sight of the leader. Uh, he was in good shape. And then when the, when the green flag flew again for racing, uh, Xavier put in a really big digger, uh, blew up the field, brought Cutters and Grigot along with him. And then about 174, there was your race between those three teams.
0: Uh, Let's step back really quickly. So actually, I I had a chance to chat with Kevin Mangle. Uh, This is unusual for me. I don't usually get to chat with uh, bike racers during their bicycle race. But Kevin was sitting right in front of me after his first ever uh, laps uh, in the Little 500. He's a junior uh, with the Black Key Bulls. He took a turn about 40 in, came back, sat on his warm-up bike, and I caught up with him right then and there.
6: Kevin, first ever. How'd it feel out there? It was fantastic. I mean, there's a lot what I thought it was
0: going to be like. It was being aware, knowing where you're at in the pack, and when you're coming in, making sure you can uh, come in safely and not have anyone behind you. How were the nerves leading up to that one? Not as bad as I thought they were going to be. As soon as I hit the exchange, I was like, "Oh, we're good. I know what to do. feel better now? Much better. (laughs) A lot better. I like it. Anything surprised you out there? Was it pretty much exactly what you expected? I don't think the track conditions were going to be as bad as they were today. Turn two or turn three, four is kind of slick. It's so a really graphically. Wasn't expecting that. But... So then we get to one seventy five, one eighty. I mean, at this point, things are getting they're Heated. getting really Heated. hard. They're getting really hard. I mean, you know, yeah. you can see it in the guys' faces when they come off the bikes. The, the for the first hundred laps, uh, you know the the, 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 the the turns are longer; they're out there for for a while. Uh, you know, the the pace is not all that high, but it's really starting to take its toll when you get to the end of the race, and the and the turns start to be a lot shorter. You know, guys are out there for only, you know, three, four, five, six laps, uh, just going as hard as they possibly can. Um, around 185, 190, uh, Blacky Bulls had their gap, and it really started to look like this race could potentially be over at that point i caught up with spencer Brockle, who is uh, an alumni with the black Eagles, and he was just standing on the side of the of the course uh basically freaking out just completely freaking out because because uh, bkb had a bit of a gap um and he's, a, 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 he's raced in this race before, so he's always going to get more out of it than I would. So I asked him to just sort of walk us through what was happening with about 190, 191 laps in, uh, eight or nine laps to go. Oh, Spencer, you're clearly getting more out of this than I am. Uh, we are 186 laps into a 200-lap race. I need a little bit of play-by-play. What exactly is happening right now? No, so generally speaking... It's- like nine years
6: out of ten, it's a field sprint. So a lot of teams like to wait around because you don't. Ha- a lot of teams aren't super deep, so they'll just wait, and wait till the end, because and just hope that their sprinter can take it away. So the fact that like it's broken up this early is super
0: exciting because this very rarely ever happens. So describe to me exactly what's happening out there right now. Who's you guys are currently in the lead? Yes. Yes. Black Key Bulls are in the lead,
6: followed by. Followed by Grey Goat and Cutters. And we've got, what was that, like, about a 50 meter gap. Which, normal road racing, that's not shit. Little Five, that's fucking huge. So, so normally, because, like, the, the exchanges are so big. Because anytime you exchange, then you lose, like, a good, like, five or six seconds that you had. So, if, as long as we can minimize exchanges and just, like, keep the guys going, then we'll keep that lead. So, the, the issue is that if we. Like start having like start getting tired and then uh, exchanging more then that like right. gives an opportunity for them to catch up.
0: And you've kind of been saving one of your riders. I mean, I noticed that oh, one yes. of them was on the on the trainer for at least the first like what
6: hour almost. Almost. Yeah. And uh, he's our strongest rider too. He won ITTs, which that's a big deal. When you have the strongest rider in the race and you're saving him, he's fresh till the end. Like. Things are looking good. So you're pretty stoked right now. Really awesome. That would be it. that. That's very much an understatement.
0: Well, as you could hear, it's 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 a really loud. <laughs> we were. So I was standing uh, with Spencer right behind the Black Eagles pit. So all of the all the Black-Ebles, um alumni and fans were right behind us. That included a lot of the Thetas. Uh, so the women's team that won the day before. You guys are kind of. Like brother sister kind of kind of situation there. That's a good, yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of noise, a lot of noise, and as you can hear from Spencer, he is uh, he's just absolutely ecstatic. There were a couple of other alumni around us just pacing around including yourself Nick uh, yes so Nick and another alumni Madison were you guys were t- actually tagging each other off because-
1: tag team tag team pulls of being worried yes. yeah. <laughs> exactly basically one of was. you would go and
0: just pace back and forth and not watch the race while the other one went and watched and then yep. you'd switch off <laughs> tell,
1: us, tell each other what happened on the walk in between <laughs>
0: Uh, which brings us to the, the finale of the race. Uh, you know, I think that it was pretty clear that that Blacky Bulls had enough of a gap to win with a couple laps to go. Uh, there was almost a late exchange between Kevin and Xavier, uh, which actually didn't did not end up happening. And Kevin Mangle, who we just heard from. Uh, was the rider to cross the line with his arms actually he didn't put his arms up, did he? He kind of put him down and like, like a of a, a a, like a gripally yeah. gorilla kind yeah. <laughs> of uh, <laughs> kind of victory salute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously everyone was was pretty ecstatic. Uh, there was much jumping around and much much hugging, and then eventually uh, they let all of the black people's fans onto the field, onto the infield. And I, I actually enjoyed the fact that the security personnel were actually just watching for uh Black Key Bulls paraphernalia. So if you had a t-shirt on or a sweatshirt on or a hat on, then you could get in the infield. And if you didn't have some sort of uh, fan accoutrement, then uh, then you weren't allowed on, which I think was pretty funny. Yeah,
1: that's basically how it works. <laughs> very, very
0: official, obviously. Um, yes. Which brings us to sort of the the, the crux of this, of this whole podcast, which is I wanted to bring our listeners a bit, from the inside, a little five, and the reason I wanted to do that is because I think this race is, is really something special. Um, and that comes back to why, the sort of the overarching question, which is why does this race matter so much? If you, on its face, it doesn't make a ton of sense, honestly. Uh, I actually caught up with the former race director, a guy named Jordan Bailey, uh, and he had uh, he had some theories about why little five is so popular. We're going to set some scene first. So we are standing on the, uh, just past the finish line. Turn one. Is this turn one? Yeah, turn one. Okay, we're in turn one. About 20, what, 20, 25 minutes after the finish of the women's Little 500. Uh, I'm standing here with Jordan Bailey, the former race director of Little 500. So you, 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 you You're a little bit more tapped into sort of what this means to the community, I would imagine. Uh, That's actually one of the things I'm really interested in in here at Little Five is sort of what makes this race tick. I mean, the fans, I was standing in the section for the winning team, and I I have never seen fans like that. For a bike
1: race, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, ever. I've been to the Tour de France. I've been to the Giro. I have never seen fans like that in my entire life for a bike race. What is it about this bike race that makes
1: people, students, that passionate? it's it's ingrained in our car in our culture uh, people when they know that they're coming to IU as incoming freshmen they have two notions even if they've never been on campus before they know that IU has basketball and they know that IU has this bike race called the little 500 and there's other schools out there that try and do similar things and they have uh, fun traditions and things to get involved with and if you gave them all of the schematics and all the secret plans of how, how the Student Foundation puts this on and the 10,000 moving parts that goes into it, they just couldn't do it. They couldn't pull it off because the race has been going on since 1951, and there's 67 years of tradition behind it.
0: So I think Jordan's right. If you took all of the ingredients from, from Little 500 and stuck it in some random school somewhere else, you probably wouldn't get it to work. And as, as Nick, you told me before, it, people have tried. I mean, other schools have tried to do something similar, and it didn't work.
1: Yeah, so it's funny. So Little Five has been around for, uh, this was the 67th running of the men's race and the 30th of the women's race. So when you put that on a timeline of of cycling at Indiana University to cycling in America generally, um, the IU race completely predates, you know, Andy Hampstead and Lamond and when cycling in America even became a thing professionally. So there's something about... The Little 500, not as a cycling event, but as a, an event that belongs to IU that uh, everyone on campus, be it a rider, um, someone in Greek life, or even people in the greater Bloomington community who maybe never even went there, um, they absolutely love it. It really is. Cycling really is um indiana's spring sport it's like you know iu will iu basketball they'll be good or recently they'll be awful and they'll (laughs) they'll go to march madness or maybe not and then that'll end and it'll be like well it's little 500 time let's start learning about the race let's start learning about who's good Um, can't hide the fact that it is the week before um, dead week so basically it's the week before classes And, and then you have a little low before finals begin. So there's a, it's a great time to party every single night, which a lot of kids do, but that's kind of what makes it, uh, that's what adds up, leads up to it too, because even when you're at the bars on a Tuesday night, you're still thinking about, you know, wow, I'm really excited for this race Friday and Saturday.
0: It's funny. I, I, there was a lot of concern among people from IU when when I showed up and, and asked for media credentials and I've spoken with a whole bunch of different people, there was some concern that I was just going to write about, uh, the, the, debauchery yeah and people getting arrested and things yes. like that <laughs> so
1: so basically you know it always annoyed me as a as a rider you would get the indianapolis star which is the the indianapolis newspaper the next morning and the lead on little five would be you know x number of kids got arrested and it's like oh and this bike race happened it was pretty cool and i think that always infuriated me as a as a rider because the bike race is is really a big deal not only to the riders but to the to the people watching uh people really do care about it. I think that is finally starting to shift uh away from the eighties nineties uh m t v college campus visits where the partying was the only thing that they cared about but but yeah, it is a a super super cool bike racing event, obviously, you're not gonna see guys you know putting up huge watts and doing amazing things, but you're gonna see college kids who obviously care more about this single day than any other. Um, experience that they've ever had in college. Um, maybe besides class, but probably including class, honestly. Uh, when people ask me what I majored in in college, I say cycling. So it just kind of is what it is, and that's how it works out. And, it, you know, the race has been tried. I don't know how it, where it's been tried nationally, but it's definitely been tried at some other Indiana schools. Uh, my team, personally, we were founded at Ball State, uh, and then that race dissolved. So, I mean, it, it really only, like Jordan said, it really... It only works at Indiana University, and it works really, really, really well. That it
0: does indeed. I mean, I I can't stress this enough. I I had an absolute blast at Little Five, uh, and we definitely did partake in some of the uh, mild debauchery. Is imbibing? Imbibing. There was yes. some imbibing. Uh, you know, I had I had to get an authentic experience, right? Important. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when hanging out with a bunch of alumni, getting a very authentic experience. Um, no, th- this race was it was fantastic. I, you know, if you throw it in the Pantheon of international bike racing, it stands up against just about anything you can possibly put it up against. Uh, and that includes races with a hell of a lot more global reach and big names and, and, you know, and everything else. Um, it was a, a truly fantastic weekend and i would urge listeners if you're hey if you're within driving distance or you want to hop on a cheap flight to indianapolis you know give little five a go uh tickets are 40 bucks show up have a fantastic weekend watch some really interesting bike racing you know once i got a little bit once i got the tactics down a little bit once you guys explained it to me i really enjoyed the bike racing itself uh, i think it's exceptionally tactical uh, and it's really interesting to watch so moving forward, uh, I'm writing a print story about this particular race, about this particular topic for the next issue of the magazine. Uh, you guys can all see it there. There's also uh, a web story online uh, about my my day with the Black Key Bulls. That was just sort of serendipitous that I ended up hanging out for the day with the team that was, well, that won. <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, there's also, there's there's a little video up on Velenews.com about the bikes, the interesting bikes that they ride, and another story about the women's race on Friday, so I encourage all of our listeners to go and check those out. Uh, well, for Nick, uh, I'm Kaylee Fretz, and thanks again for listening to the Bell News Podcast. We will catch you for our regular episode uh, probably tomorrow.
3: When I dream about I the, the wall back then I long for my Indiana home. Back home again in Indiana And it seems that I can see the gleaming candle light still shining brightly through the sycamore Rome. When I dream of that, I moonlight dream about the Wabash. Then I long for my Indiana.